The following program gives personal opinions and is intended to provide entertainment and information only. It is not considered to be any form of legal, investment, appraisal, or inspection advice whatsoever. Listeners are encouraged to secure two to three bids from competing contractors for specific issues pertinent to their home or situation. Welcome to Real Estate Unveiled, where we pull back the shades to give you the truth and nothing but the truth about real estate with a laser focus on everything about home inspections and real estate appraisals. That's right. We're here to demystify the real estate process and take the fear and anxiety out of the equation to unearth the real scoop about home inspections and the real estate appraisal process. Oh, if homes could talk. Well, that's our job. I'm Tim Hance, board-certified master home inspector and owner of All Islands Home Inspections. And I'm Elizabeth Hance, Washington State certified real estate appraiser and owner of All Islands Appraisal. Consider us your truth tellers, unbiased ambassadors of and mouthpieces for the home. We're delighted to be here. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're excited to have John Carlson and James Montgomery from Island Sash and Door with locations in both Anacortes and Freeland, Washington. Island Sash and Door is a company that specializes in windows, doors, skylights, shower doors, mirrors, and more. Originally Simmons Glass, established in 1923, Island Sash and Door purchased Simmons Glass business in 2015. Island Sash and Door works closely with you, your building professional, architect, designer, and manufacturer to ensure your window and door products fulfill your objectives and vision. With over 30 years' experience here in the Pacific Northwest, which is important, by the way, Island Sash and Door is able to help clients overcome challenging design requirements, master compliance hurdles, and solve product selection problems. You can reach Island Sash and Door at www.islandsashanddoor.com or 360-293-5886. John and James, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for participating. Well, thanks for having us. Happy to be here. Awesome. So one of the things that comes up in home inspections uh, in most homes concerns fogged windows. These are windows where if you look at a window, it's not clear. No matter how much you try to clean it, you can't get it completely clean. You may see a white, cloudy, foggy appearance or condensation and water between the glass panes. That's typically how you see it. And um, this comes up quite a bit. And fogged windows in my experience, are can sometimes be difficult to to discover. You may go in the morning and see a window that's obviously lost its seal, and you come back in the afternoon and it's clear as as a bell and day. And so it kind of depends upon the time of day that a home inspection is conducted as or a window inspection is conducted as to whether or not you can find or see a fogged window. So um, fogged windows in the home inspection industry, we most home inspectors consider it more of a cosmetic issue from the standpoint that it doesn't mean that water's coming into the house to cause structural damage or insect activity and damage, um, that the, the, the lost seal is isolated between the glass panes. But it does mean that the window has failed and it's lost its seal. So, John, John and James, you know, how, how do you guys typically handle fogged windows? How do, what is your perspective on fogged windows in homes? Well, that's James' specialty, so I'll let him answer. Um, well, a fogged window gets rid of the whole purpose of the window in the first place. You want to have a clear view of the outside of your home. Um, so when it's fogged, uh, you're losing the hermetic barrier that seals the two panes of glass. Uh, when that's compromised, of course, you get blocked vision 
And uh, if there was a window that had argon gas fill, that's long since escaped if that seal has gone. And that can reduce the overall insulation value of the window. Um, in general, it's just considered a product failure because you want your windows to work the way that they're supposed to. So uh, we always recommend replacing these units. I might add that if it has a low E coating in there, uh, in time, that low E, with silver oxide, will start to um, be affected by the moisture. And so you'll get a rainbow effect in there, and it starts building and it starts solidifying to the point where you won't be able to see out eventually. So what causes uh, the window seal to, to break like that? Do, what are the, some of the common reasons for this? Mostly it's age. Uh, the unit is built to two pieces of glass around a spacer and then sealed with some sort of butyl or silicone around the outside. Um, these seals are only going to last as long as the sealant is going to hold to the glass. And tough exposures, uh, lots of heat changes, uh, anything like that can affect how long they're going to last. Then you also have a desiccant that's on the inside, which is to absorb that moisture. Because you're constantly having moisture equalizing inside the, the pressurized unit. Eventually, that desiccant will reach its saturation, and it can no longer absorb the moisture. So, therefore, moisture is going to build up. So, is there um, is there like a warranty that comes with some windows to uh, in regards to this kind of uh, issue, or is it just uh, something that's going to happen on a window over time with age? Yes, any new window that we sell is going to carry a warranty. Uh, these all vary by manufacturer. Uh, with some being a lot more effective than others. Uh, the number one that we see in our territory is from Milgard. Uh, Milgard is based out of Tacoma, and they've been selling windows in our area for a long time. Uh, I believe it was 1994 that they started their lifetime guarantee, and that covers both parts and labor for replacing these units. We're still doing these uh, service jobs, even out on the San Juan Islands, uh, from 1995, and it's being replaced for the homeowner, parts, and labor. Now, clarify that a little bit because not all of their product lines carry that labor as well, but most of them will. Um, they also include uh, glass breakage warranty on some of their lines as also. So um, when you get into other manufacturers, uh, wood clad windows, uh, fiberglass windows, they too have an industry standard as far as seal failure. Usually it's 10 years. That's the, the standard, but um, that's changed a little bit in the different product lines as well. And so if, if a window is eligible for warranty recourse, let's say it's less than 10 years old, most companies would seem to, generally speaking, cover a fogged or lost seal on a window. Is that a good rule of thumb? Well, they, they'll cover the glass. Cover they the won't glass. cover the labor. Not necessarily the labor. Milgard on the other hand, generally does, it sounds like. So that's a great company. How about transferring that, you know, where somebody's selling a house and there are fogged windows um, and a new person buys the house and some more windows lose their seal. Does the new owner get the benefit of that warranty from the original owner? Does it transfer ownership, in other words? In most cases, no. Uh, from Milgard, it would be 10 years from original manufacturer date that it'll transfer to the next homeowner. Uh, but it varies manufacturer to manufacturer. I'm just most familiar with the Milgard one myself. 
Okay, so so ten years, Milgard, generally speaking, transfers, uh, and people should always read the fine print on warranties and all that. We're not going to go into all that right now, um, but that that's important to do. But generally, ten years, it'll transfer ownership. Um, Liz, yeah, this is probably a good uh, time to re-mention that we have a disclaimer at the beginning of our podcast that we're just uh, talking generally about Windows and diff- you have so many different companies you deal with that um, our listeners shouldn't take uh, this one conversation. They always need to follow up with a particular phone call to a company like yours. And I also wanted to chime in and just um, say uh, that second James's uh, I, uh, comment about visibility through a window. As a real estate appraiser out here in this area, we have a lot of properties that have uh, beautiful views, whether they're water views or forested views. And um, people really value the benefit of a view. And so when you've got a window that's fogged and lost its seal and you can't enjoy the benefit of a, of a beautiful view out of your window, um, that, that really does play a part in the valuation process of an appraisal. In my experience with with home inspections and negotiating with sellers, windows are kind of 50-50, whether they're satisfactorily negotiated fogged windows with the sellers. Of course, if there's warranty recourse that's available to the seller, that's a no-brainer. They call in, get the warranty work done. Um, but generally speaking, 50-50 uh, depends upon the situation and and everyone's dynamics, um, they're, they're, they're negotiated or not. So, you know, I think it, it, it pays to inquire with a seller when you're buying a house as to, you know, whether or not they have warranty recourse available, because that's definitely worth pursuing. That's a win-win and a free move for any potential buyer to do. So windows generally lose their seals on, you know, if you have a high exposure home that's on, let's say, uh, southwest or west facing beach right down at the water that's just getting hammered by the elements and sun, uh, you could generally speak, generally speaking, expect a window like that to lose its seal quicker than a wood than a house that's you know buried in the woods. Is that is that reasonable? Yeah, that's true. And and there's reasons for it. Your heat and cooling cycle is more um, dramatic in that area, whereas on the north and east side, it doesn't get that. So you don't have that cycling that creates the condensation or dew point. And when you replace a window. We get asked this a lot. Um, it's not necessary, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not necessary to pull all the trim from around the house and the, the siding. You can just pull the glass out and replace it. Is that right? Yes. And, and let me clarify something. You can't take just one piece of glass. Right. Um, we get asked that a lot. The insulated unit is broken on the outside because of weed eater or whatever. And so they want to replace just the one piece of glass. You have to replace the whole insulated unit. So if we're looking at a typical window and recognizing that prices depend upon manufacturer quality, et cetera, but if we're looking at a window, let's say a 3050, that's a three foot wide by five foot high window. Um, what are we looking at in terms of general cost to replace just the glass panes on a fogged uh, window that's lost at seal? Are we talking ballpark around $500, $700? Is that roundabout? It really depends on where you're located and what type of window it is. A wood window takes twice as long to replace as a vinyl window. Uh, if you're on the San Juans, there's travel fees and, and a higher labor rate on there as well. So it's it can vary a lot, but um, that's probably a pretty good rule of thumb. So you can see the, the fact that if a company warranties uh, the product and labor, 
it's a no-brainer to go ahead and buy that warranty because you are talking hundreds of dollars rather than just the inconvenience of being out a window for a little bit. So I'm going to take I'm going to ask a question of something that I am just so curious about, which is, um, do you guys have any experience with those really large glass bifold or accordion style doors that not only we see on TV now in HGTV, but we're also seeing in in our local market out in the islands and some of the um, higher higher end quality houses where um, the the windows just open all the way up and the opening is, I don't know. 10, 20 feet wide. So have you, have you uh, sold some of those and, and seen them get installed? And Well, I do a lot of contractor sales primarily now. And yes, um, all of the higher-end homes have bifolds or lift-in slides or multi-slides where they're getting expansive openings in, their, in the structure. Um, <laughs> one particular place out on uh, Orcas Island had 24 feet on one side and 24 feet on the other side. The deer loved to run right through the living room. Same with the go-kart, I imagine, too, right? <laughs> wow. So there's there's really no limit on what you can do with some steel and glass. I'm assuming that those frame those openings need to be framed, engineered with probably steel headers. Well, this, the structure has to be engineered to hold the weight of that amount of glass because most of it is top-loaded, meaning it's hanging from a track. If it's bottom-weighted, like a lift-and-slide, then you don't have those structural requirements. Um, But they stack, and so now your wall is going to be a lot thicker than it would normally be. Are those, like, automatic-powered, or do you have to do do some of the manual? Do you... They're manual. They're manual doors? Um, Yeah, they're manual, and they're easy-moving, too. Oh, okay. So it's not... It's not like you'd have to put your shoulder behind it to, right. to move it. And, I, and I've read with respect to those really fancy doors, that they cost quite a bit of money, um, that for those do-it-yourselfers wanting to install them, I generally recommend that people don't do that because if you don't have a manufacturer-certified installer installing these expensive doors, then if they stop working or if something happens, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but there isn't warranty recourse available. Is that right? That's correct. And also some manufacturers require a um, factory trained installation uh, technician. And if you don't, then there is no warranty period. Um, Plus, if you're going to put that much investment into a door, you want it to operate correctly. Yeah. And correctly for an extended period of time. (laughs) <laughs> Not just the day you install it. So do you, uh, very unfair question, but do we have any idea on a low and a high price range for that type of door? Obviously, it's going to vary greatly, but starting at? Starting at 16000 going up to thirty-five. Okay, that's helpful. Thank you. That's as much as a sports car. <laughs> and you know what? For a 24-foot wide or a 12-foot wide opening, it's probably worth every penny because those openings are grand. I inspect a lot of homes with these just amazing openings that are just, uh, they're, they're, they're really quite stunning. Okay. So when we're going back to fogged windows here, when you replace those, you can, you can pop out the glass, put in new glass. Um, wood windows are more expensive to replace than a standard vinyl or clad window. If you're in the San Juan Islands, that's going to be more costly than it is down in Oak Harbor or, you know, Anacortes, um, cause it depends on 
cost and travel and, and, and all that. So there are different factors that go into it. Um, how about in, in older homes? If, if a lot of people have, you know, wood windows, single pane windows in older homes, and they're looking to upgrade them to be more thermally efficient, which, which basically means we'll need to get rid of the old wood windows and put in uh, double clad, low E argon, uh, you know, windows. Um, can, how does that is, that, is that an easy process to, to undertake? Is it just simply a matter of cutting the window out, putting a new one in and squaring it up and finishing it from the outside or how just kind of generally speaking, how is that process undertaken? Uh, for the older single pane wood windows, the most standard practice that's been around for a long time is what they call a drop-in. Um, and there used to be what they call a sash inside of that wood window, and that's the part of the window that holds the glass. In many cases, you can remove that and replace only that part with a new window, uh, but that means that the exterior trim is going to remain the same. You're going to have a much wider-looking window because you're stacking a window inside of another window. Uh, but as long as you didn't have any leak problems beforehand, then it's a safe option and you can save a lot of money doing it that way. Um, the alternative, fully tearing out that wood window, is generally quite expensive and most of the time is more worth doing it while you're redoing your siding uh, because oftentimes those openings are pretty hard to work with uh, without making a lot of changes to the siding. Gotcha. So so taking it out, you're, there's going to be some exterior damage at a minimum that needs to be rewrapped and clad with trim and, and siding, et cetera, to make sure that it's, that it's weatherproof. Um, but then you get the benefit of substantially improved thermal efficiency. So on the note of thermal efficiency, um, you know, windows come with different thermal efficiencies. We've thrown away around and those that have researched windows know, have heard about low E, um, or argon. These are different additives that are added in between the glass panes to improve thermal efficiency. Um, there's also triple pane and different methods that can be used to do that. But, you know, a window that's lost its seal. Uh, well, let me just ask you this. Uh, a standard Milgard uh, double pane window has a thermal efficiency of about uh, R3.1. Does that sound about right? Or R in the threes? Or do you guys have a feel for that? Normally, it's not in R value, even though that you can get to that. It's in a U value. And a 0.28 is the U value that most uh, Milgard windows have. Uh, and that's true with your wood clad windows as well. Uh, fiberglass follows along. It's, it's the way that it's been tested a lot of times, which dictates that. And um, most are using a Cardinal 272, meaning two layers of uh, silver oxide, giving you a 72% life or light visibility or transmission. So at 272, well, that equates to about a, a 0.28 U value. Okay. And when you've lost your seal, the thermal efficiency is obviously compromised or is, is somewhat gone. There's still some U value. And for those that don't understand, U stands for, um, oh golly, I forget what it's basically, it's a measure of thermal efficiency. Okay. And so you lose some thermal efficiency when you compromise the seal. How much thermal efficiency do you lose really though, when you're going from a U 2.8 or 0.28 to a failed seal? Is it, is it significant, uh, that would, that would warrant replacement just for thermal efficiency reasons, or is replacement typically contemplated only when, or most, mostly when visibility is, is compromised and you can't see through the window. 
Well, there's different factors, but uh, normally for just clear, clear annealed glass, um, half-inch spacer, three-quarter inch overall is what we call it, you're looking at, what, a U-value of 0.45? Something like that, yeah. Somewhere in there. So and the higher the U-value, the less thermal efficiency. Exactly. So that's all you're getting. Well, so and, and if it's a single pane, well, there's really no thermal efficiency at all. So, so if you've lost your seals, it will definitely, it, it will pay to replace them for improved thermal efficiency. Plus you can expect those failed seals to become progressively foggier over time. And eventually your view through that window will go away. How about an older homes? If you look at an older home, some of these older homes have that cool wavy glass. And by wavy, I mean, you look at it from different angles as you move from side to side in a house. And uh, it's a really cool type of glass in a single pane glass. Is it possible to replace broken wavy glass, what I'm calling wavy glass panes, with more wavy glass so you still have that that feature, or is that no longer possible? Unfortunately, no. Um, there's some art glass places that carry something that kind of replicates it, but in general, the cost really prohibits doing anything that way, unless if you really need to maintain the historical accuracy of your home. And what caused the wavy glass? What 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 is the different manufacturing techniques were used back then? Um, it was floated, and it first of all didn't have as smooth of a surface back then, and then also over time, glass changes shape. Yeah, glass is continually flowing. It is a liquid, even though it doesn't. It has the rigidity. So a lot of that, like James said, it was the way it was manufactured. Now they, uh, another term is called bottled glass. Um, so you can't replicate that with today's uh, technology. Right. Unless you work through an artisan store and you really, really want to replicate that, you can, but it's going to cost you. Extremely. Okay, gotcha. In appraisal work, we have two methods of the cost approach. One is replacement cost new, and the other one is um, reproduction and a reproduction cost is when you're creating something exactly, and it's usually it's used for historic homes, um, and it is is very rarely done, and it's extremely costly. So things like talking about windows and trying to replicate something historic like that would be a reproduction cost in the appraisal world. Yeah, that's it, if if you're if you're in a historical element where they require that then some of that, but they still don't require the glass to be like the old antique glass. They require the whole unit, the window unit, to be of similar or equal to what was originally there. You know, another thing that comes up frequently in home inspections is uh, weather stripping around doors and windows. Is that something that, that your company can help replace when it's failed, when people have dangling weather stripping or it's gone and there's you know, air whistling through their windows or doors? Can, do you guys help work with that or is that something that someone else handles? Uh, we can help as far as us coming out and doing the installation. It's just not something that, that we could feasibly do. Um, but as far as trying to track down what weather stripping came on your windows, be able to get you the supplies and help show you how to do it, we're more than happy to do that. Uh, with as many brands of windows as are out there, and each one has a few different types of weather strip in it, it can be really difficult to track these down, and in many cases, they don't exist anymore. Uh, but we'll always look into it and, and see what we can find. 
Yeah, technology continues to change in the window industry, and so does the sealants and, and all of the other products that go into windows. So trying to match a 20-years, 25-year-old window, it's getting pretty difficult. Well, and this is where, you know, James and John and Island Sashendor, they've got over 30 years experience here in the Northwest. And so if you're, and all these different manufacturers that they cover and have covered over the past several decades, you know, if you're having problems with your windows, whether they need to be replaced or weather stripping, it's worth your time to to go into their office and talk to them about what your problems are and they can help guide you either to window replacement or, you know, we can replace this. Here's the gasketing that you need or the weather stripping that you need. And here's where it can be ordered. Uh, and they can give you some really great advice with that. So, you know, it's, it's, and on, on that topic, something, when people are building a new house, for instance, there are complicated worksheets that, that go into uh, energy efficiency that, that need to be complied with for homes to maintain, you know, energy efficiency status. So is that something that, that, that you guys help homeowners, architects, builders uh, get through to make sure that they meet the energy efficiency requirements for new construction? We work along with architects in that sense. Many builders that I work with uh, will have the architect contact me directly so I can start answering some of those questions depending on the design they're doing, what their insulated requirements are, um, which reflects in what you value the windows have to have. Then I can tell them, yes, we're going to have to go triple glaze or We'll have to put uh, an interior low-E coating or whatever is required to get to what they want to achieve. So I have a, a question about when you guys talk about triple-paned windows. Um, one, of, one of the things that appraisers consider is noise. And in our area with our um, naval base over in Oak Harbor, some of the houses, uh, especially the ones that are located near the uh, the naval base in Oak Harbor have a lot of jet noise. And I, I've been just curious for a while if there was a way to work on windows or insulation in a home. Obviously, we're going to talk about windows with you guys to mitigate. You're probably always going to hear it depending on where your home is located. But are there ways that homeowners can improve the sound, the, the noise impact inside the home? Yes, there are a few. Um, the simplest is on a standard window package, making the exterior pane in those double pane units out of a thicker glass. Um, having two different thicknesses of glass means that you're going to be blocking more of those sound waves at different levels, uh, as well the thicker glass is, is thicker, and so it vibrates less. Um, so that's the simplest way. Uh, going beyond that, there's laminated glass, which has a layer of plastic between two panes of glass, and that provides even more sound reduction. And then there's windows specifically geared to cut out noise, uh, such as the Milgard quiet line. But those are generally not used in our area. They're usually next to super busy airports or, uh, you know, metropolitan freeways, places like that. Uh, for most of the things in our area, using the, the first less expensive, more simple methods is generally the way to go. And then you also have triple glazing, which will do that as well. Um, in a cost analysis, I worked with uh, one engineer uh, up in Bellingham, his own, his own home on the bay right next to the railroad track. And so we ran it through 
many different scenarios. What it turned out to be was using laminated glass and then different size glass, interior and exterior, and it got the best uh, um, sound transmission uh, quality that we could get. And it, it really does make a difference. I can tell you from personal experience, I've inspected two homes that were separated by three homes, both of which were very close to Naval Air Station Whidbey. So, I mean, like literally jets are going in front of these houses almost 24-7, it seemed like, and they're loud outside. And when I went inside this house, one house had triple pane glass plus storm windows, and the other house just had standard double pane glass. And I could barely hear the jet noise. And we're talking jets 100 yards away from this house, right? I could barely hear it in the house with the triple pane plus storm window. And in the house with double pane, literally, we couldn't hear ourselves talking inside the house. So it can make a substantial difference. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's what we call a curable issue. If you have a solution to something in the appraisal world, you can, you know, you can fix it. It might uh, cost you, um, but it is something that you can address. So that's that's empowering for homeowners that are near uh, noise, what we call obsolescence, which is something you can't control that's in your environment. Well, and, and as James was mentioning, if, if it's an insulated dual pane window, most times we can change out that insulated unit to have a better sound quality. If you're going to triple glaze, probably not. And then you're looking at the cost of a whole new window. But if it's a double pane window, you can replace it with a different type of window that will have improved sound? Different type of insulated unit. You don't right. have to replace the whole window. Right. Nice. Great. That's good to know. That's fantastic. Okay. So it's not necessary. It's not going to be the triple pain because that you have to replace a whole window for that. But uh, homeowners that are in an area with high noise can potentially really help their, their noise transmission by replacing it with a different type of, of glass. That's fantastic. That's great to know. How about uh, tempered glass? Can you guys tell us about tempered glass? What, what is it? Why is it important? Uh, tempered glass is there for safety. Uh, if you have ever broken a piece of glass, you know, it turns into a giant shard that's shaped roughly like a knife. Um, tempered glass means that it falls into really small pieces so that when it does break, it's less likely to harm you. Uh, it's also much stronger in general and therefore less likely to break. Uh, even tempered glass can be dangerous. Uh, I myself have gotten quite injured on the, a shower door I was installing one time. So never just because it's safety glass think that it's safe. Glass is always sharp. Glass is always dangerous. Uh, but tempered glass helps to make it better. So tempered glass will still cut you. It just won't go through you. It won't sever your leg off. Tempered glass, where is tempered glass typically required? My, and, and, and I always use 18 inches as kind of a rule of thumb. If it's within 18 inches of a floor or a deck or an exterior, uh, you know, or a stairway, um, that, that's one of the rules for tempered glass, is it not? Yeah, all your building codes address that um, and require, have requirements for that. That's why you go to a window glass company to find out what those are. Um, the tempering can be, and like you said, in certain distances off the floor. Um, as you mentioned, stairways, walkways, pool areas, anything that would be a potential hazard to someone running into it. What gets me is uh, the building codes don't allow you to know what a door is and a window. So therefore, any window next to a door has to be tempered within a certain distance. 
And is there a way to tell whether a window is tempered or not? It has a bug on it, a tempering bug, which indicates exactly that it's tempered glass. Okay, so like a squished beetle bug? It's, a, it's an etching. It gives the date and the manufacturer. Great. So if you look in the corner of a window, you will see a little etching, usually white in color, and it will say tempered. Correct? Correct. Okay, great. So and that's what I look for in windows is uh, in the corner of a window. Sometimes these will be built behind trim and you just can't tell, in which case I'll say, listen, I, I can't tell if it's tempered or not without pulling some of the trim. Uh, if somebody's buried a window glass in trim, which happens sometimes, but Otherwise, if you're replacing a window, if a window is broken or if you're a do-it-yourself homeowner and you're putting a window in, you should check out the rules for tempered glass because you may put a new window into your house. And if it's not tempered, most home inspectors will notice that because we're looking for tempered glass. Some homeowners will install a deck, for instance, on a house uh, and they'll raise the deck up to a level that it's within 18 inches or 12 inches of a window and not change out the window glass. So that's another thing that's really common that I call out in homes when I see a new deck is this is a potential safety issue because if somebody walks into that window, falls into it, trips or what have you and breaks it, um, like James was saying before, if it's not tempered, it will break into large, sharp shards of glass, which can really do damage to somebody. And a tempered glass will break into a million pieces of glass that you may see like at a traffic accident. When there's been a traffic accident, that's all tempered glass that you see on the street, all those little tiny shards of glass, which again can cut you, but um, they're not going to sever any any arteries or what have you. So, The uh, shower uh, glass or enclosed showers is always tempered glass as well. Um, code does not require windows that are inside of a shower and above the shower floor a certain distance to be tempered, but it's certainly a, a good rule of thumb that that would be a, a good place to temper glass. And, and I think that's a nice segue. Uh, Island Sash and Door also does shower glass installations. They've done that for me personally. Uh, we have a place up in the islands and uh, John's come out and measured the house and, and another place and they've done a great job. In fact, a uh, shower door that you guys installed for us 10 years ago still works like a charm to this day and looks like a million bucks. It looks great. So um, not only do they do windows and doors, but they do mirrors and you guys do shower glass. What, what other products do you guys, uh, does your company specialize in? We've done other displays in, in gla all glass display uh, areas, you know, that's been 10 feet wide and 10 feet tall. And um, there were different artifacts that were being concealed behind the glass. Uh, with special lighting and also... Can you do custom displays? Any custom display. We should talk about egress. So egress has to do with getting out of a house if there's an emergency, typically in bedrooms. Uh, you know, some people will put a bedroom into their basement and there won't be a window or a door. And I'll tell them that's not a bedroom because it doesn't have a way for a fireman or woman to get into and out of the house to save the occupants. So... From an egress standpoint, egress codes have changed over time. Uh, so egress codes today are different than they were in 1940, 50, 60, et cetera. What is, but today, what are we looking at in terms of egress requirements in a bedroom? What size window or opening is, is, is required for safety egress? We need a 5.7 square foot clear opening. Um, that means that we can do it with a lot of different sizes and shapes of windows. Uh, it's all going to be relative based on what you're you're trying to get out of it, but that's that's the number we're shooting for. And then there's also other 
um, special occurrences where we would need something like a window opening control device if you're on the second floor, um, but just other things that go into the code that need to be considered when you're, when you're planning a project. Code has a, a certain size requirement as well. You have to be a minimum of 20 inches in width and 24 inches in height. That does not give you 5.7 square feet of net opening. So depending on the type of window that's being used, it um, dictates what size of window it has to be. So in older homes, older homes don't meet current egress requirements. And when people are buying an older home, it's not necessary for them to bring that home all the way up to code. That said, it's, it's if they can put in a window that meets current egress requirements, that would be wise to do. And if not, um, certainly one that, that affords the most opening for reasonable opening for safety egress and ingress in case there's a fire, we want people to be able to escape and we want the first responders to be able to get in there. Surely you can get out of a window that doesn't meet uh, code as far as that goes. But if it is a, a remodel or... Um, well, basically, if it's a re- remodel and it's being permitted, the building official is going to check for egress. Do they check every window in the house or just the area that's being permitted? Just your bedrooms is, is the requirement area. That's good to know. So if you're pulling a permit, which you should do, if you're doing any remodeling work, uh, that will likely come up to bring up windows and bedrooms to current egress requirements. And that's just a smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. So do you guys have, let's kind of switch gears here as we're wrapping this up. Do you guys have any, uh, you know, really cool products or fun stories that, that might be interesting to share with, with our audience um, uh, that, that you think might be of interest to people? Come on, give me something fun. Any fun products? Like, uh, uh, like what's your favorite type of door? Is there like a really cool, the best door that you've ever installed? Like, what is it? Tell me about that. Uh, my favorite door is probably the Lowen Cyprium lift and slides that, that uh, were recently sold on Orcas Island. Uh, they have a, a bronze clad exterior as opposed to the normal aluminum that you'd see. Uh, they look gorgeous and small child could open them. Uh, it's, they're pretty impressive. It's a, and it's a patina finish that's put on them. So they've taken the, they either do it in bronze or in uh, copper. And then they do a patina finish over it. And all of the joints are soldered. So it is, it's, a, it's a beautiful piece of work. Uh, that's one of the nice projects. Um, there are, like you mentioned earlier, lift and slides. A lot of the bifolds that we're looking at now are multi-slides. That's getting to be the trend. And then you also have switchable glass, meaning that you can turn a uh, electric charge to the glass and it will go opaque to give you some privacy. Well, that's awesome. I haven't seen one of those or maybe I haven't pushed the switch to opaque a window before. Well, there are, it's used a lot in commercial, especially in office complex where you have a lot of glass partitions and then um, they want to have privacy in a meeting. But then we also see individuals that seen that and then they want that in their home as well. So uh, that is something, um, it is very expensive, but it is something that can be offered. And at Island Session Door, you guys and your company can service everyone from, you know, your basic homeowner that's looking to replace 
their economical windows up to your 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 wealthiest people in the world windows that want that that copper clad soldered joints you know door system that's amazing and everything in between is that right pretty much it great awesome and and in this area we are uh, blessed to have such a mix of 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 people and and homeowners and community that that really spans that whole spectrum. It's really fun. We have uh, also just one salesman that is just dedicated to the remodeling and refurbishing um, uh, trades, uh, if you will. And then James is obviously in the replacement and warranty and. Um, other products, lines, and then, um, of course, contractor sales is one of our primary focus. Fantastic. And do you, get, do you guys have anything that, that I haven't covered, Talking any talking points that I haven't discussed here that you think might be uh, helpful or are, are typical questions you may get in your, your line of work that, that, that would be useful or helpful to, to people listening to our podcast? One of the big things is just the amount of time that it's going to take to take your project from start to finish. Um, windows, we, we don't stock windows. We couldn't. There's so many product lines and so many options out there that there's no way that we could stock all the windows that you're looking for. So anything that you want to order, whether it's a window or a door, is going to have a lead time, and the lowest is two or three weeks, and the highest can be you know, you know about two months. So you always need to make sure that you're planning your project ahead of time and, uh, you know, contact us as soon as, as soon as you can so that you can be ready. Yeah, we've got a certain project that I'm working on right now. Some of the windows will be uh, 10 to 12 weeks out. So obviously prior planning is a, is a must in that case. Uh, but uh, it just takes time and then also with our Crews, we run three crews, uh, uh, installing and also um, in, in repairing. And that takes some time as far as scheduling because of the ferries and all of the, it's not downtime because they get paid from the time they leave the uh, office to when they return. But there is a lot of ferry time and travel time once you get on the island. So there's a lot involved. So planning in advance, that's a great point because your windows are important. They, they not only provide great views, but they protect the house from mother nature. And so when you're planning a remodel uh, or to build a new house, having these details designed, ordered, upfront and well in advance so that, and maybe even having a place to store these windows so that you have them at the ready when your contractor's ready to have them installed would be a smart move so that you're not unnecessarily delayed or frustrated uh, by, by the process. So it takes a little time to get, to get it done. Very true. I think you summed it up. Okay. It's a wrap. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a thumbs up and comment as it really helps us build audience and get our message out. Special thanks to John Carlson and James Montgomery with Island Sash and Door for their insight, expertise, and participation. You can reach Island Sash and Door at 360-293-5886 or on the web at www.islandsashanddoor.com. Also special thanks as always to David Baker with Cellar Rat Recording, www.cellarratrecording.com. If you're looking for a top-notch real estate appraiser, 
please contact Elizabeth Hance at 360-317-5845 or www.allislandsappraisal.com. And if you're looking for a top-notch home inspection or commercial building inspection, please contact me, Tim Hance, at 360-298-1163 or www.allislandsinspections.com. We welcome your feedback and comments. If you'd like us to cover a specific topic or know someone you'd like to have us interview, please let us know. Thanks again for listening.